Welcome to Taboo and Turn On. I'm your host, Natalie Bartanian, and this is a podcast where we have real talk about real things, where we shed light on taboo topics and explore what it truly means to live a turned on life. I'm so glad you've joined, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Music by bensound.com. Hey everyone, on today's episode I have a friend and colleague, and actually he was a coach of mine at one point, um, gifted Bob and I a session or two sessions that kind of just really changed the way that we were looking at relationships at that time. Um, I don't know if I ever mentioned that to you, Ken, but it was it was very kind of transformative um, with what we were struggling with. But yeah, Ken Blackman is pretty much a badass in that way. He has been teaching sex and relationship kind of dynamics, man-woman dynamics for 18 years. He coaches people individually. He's starting a sex school in Costa Rica in May. Um, And he has a book coming out, which I'm super excited to read about these dynamics in relationship, especially the sexual dynamics in relationship. So Ken, thank you so much for coming on to talk about just a snippet of the genius that I know happens in that like crazy (laughs) brain of yours. (laughs) Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Um, So yeah, Ken and I went back and forth around topics because everything he shot over, I was like, oh my God, amazing. So we landed today because I have a feeling I'm going to have Ken on more than once. But on today's, in today's conversation, we wanted to talk about skillful violation. And honestly, I don't know exactly what that is. I have a sense, but I'm eager to kind of learn about this and then just really dive into a conversation around it. All righty. Is that my cue? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. So, Ken, um, would you be willing to share what you mean by skillful violation? Yeah. So there's like multiple conversations taking place. And the conversation that's taking place now that's getting the most publicity is around Me Too and the ways in which, you know, there are just multiple massive situations in which uh, men are are closed off from from feeling or connection, you know, co- like actually opening the the door of connection with the person that they're interacting with, right. keeping that door closed while attempting or forcing like physical connection, right, mm-hmm. or physical physical contact um, without without connection. And so, oh wow, that, that's such an amazing distinction. That's so true. Yeah. You're touching someone, but you're not necessarily connected to them. Yeah, right. And yeah. so the level, the degree to which a man has to actually be, he has to close off his capacity to feel and and experience what his what the person he's interacting with is feeling, right? He has to close that off in order to try and breach this you know, we have all, we all have our, like our circle of protection, right? If you get closer than this distance, you're inside of my circle of intimate, you're physically inside of my circle. And from there, for however far that is to physical touch, right? That that's my, my domain. That's a person's own individual domain. So what me too is talking about. And it's funny because a couple years ago, the topic was yes means yes. 
Mm, so okay. uh, where that as the solution uh, to the problem of people having sex without actually having connection at the time that they're that they're that they're having physical contact, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As long as as long as there isn't connection there, you you know you need to ask like. It's the person who's it's the it's the person on the quote unquote receiving end that insists that the other person ask because they're not they're not actually connected. And so here's these people who are in a state of and she has to disconnect enough to allow this physical contact to take. So here's two people who are who are in a state of disconnection mm-hmm. having sex with each other. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so let's back up. Um Skillful violation. It's it's deliberately a um, a chargy, like contentious, polarizing phrase. Skillful violation. So what I mean by that, and why why I talk about that, is that you know there's no model in our in our society for a healthy a healthy model of a healthy. You know, woman, like protagonist, model, someone you actually think is is doing the right thing of a woman initiating sex, expressing her desire for sex like that doesn't exist. No. No. And so, (laughs) you know, women, women like women are conditioned to, to look at are the conditions right for me to say yes to sex? Like, are the conditions right? What are, what are my conditions for when I would say yes to sex? You know, like, am I, should I hold out on sex in order to have the relationship that I want? Should I hold out on, like, is, does he have the qualities that I'm looking for? You know, is he stable? Blah, 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 right? The conditions that would have her get, have, feel permission in herself to say yes. Mm-hmm. So she's the gatekeeper. He's the voice of sexual desire because she has no model for being the voice of sexual desire. Right? Yeah, right. So she's the gatekeeper, but the the problem with her being the gatekeeper is she's trained to say no unless all these other conditions that have nothing to do with the sex. And he's the voice of desire. Like he doesn't have any of those conditions. He's he has permission to be motivated by the fact that sex would feel good at a bodily level, right? He's given permission to have that be his his reason. But the problem with that, with men, the problem that men struggle with is that they're looking for a formula. They don't they are not as adept because they haven't been trained by society. So they're operating from even at their best, they're operating from um, give me the instruction manual that I can follow to get to the sex rather than doing it from a state of connection. So there's this built-in no, there's this built-in barrier that exists between them. It is a barrier, like it's a built-in gateway that she hasn't been given the tools to move past and so there gets to be this no that has to be penetrated through in order to get to the thing that both of them want Mm, like why do we even say no like what what is is that intention coming from kind of that conditioning to not even be able to say yes because I can't say yes it makes me a slut it makes me look like I'm 
XYZ or easy or I mean, because I know that that's definitely that was definitely a reason a lot of the reasons I said no a lot of the times. Right. Um, Right. Right. Exactly. And and you you're many, many steps beyond the general populace because you have done the work to be conscious. Yeah of the re of a the fact that your body wants sex that sex feels good Mm -hmm. right and that there's you are conscious of this concept Mm -hmm. of having sex for its own sake right and Mm -hmm. you also recognize in yourself all of the voices that tell you not to do it i'm gonna be like that's slutty that i'm gonna be a whore like i can't just want sex with this person i shouldn't I shouldn't act on that desire, right? All that stuff. Most of the populace is actually living inside of that that bubble. They're actually living yeah, inside of that bubble. Right. So they genuinely, they're not even conscious that they're bought, like they're not conscious of the concept of having sex for its own sake, the way men are. Mm-hmm. They're not conscious of all the stories because they're living inside of it. They actually believe that that's, that that's their motivation. Right. So, um so yeah, there's this built-in no, and by that's what I mean by violation. That no, by some methodology, has to be violated. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, if you look back at the '50s and '60s, you know, when the big thing was romance novels. Yes, yes. I mean, and, I'm definitely. A- I think I read Daniel Steele and some other one because my mom was really into them, right? And so, yeah, she was really into them. So then I became really into the kind of over exaggerated right. <laughs> version of relationships and sex. Yeah. So you tell me, like, I I have this sense. I haven't. I I didn't. I didn't read a lot of them, but I have this sense of what I think the conditions were that led to sex in those novels. Maybe you like, you tell me like what kinds of things, what is a typical storyline that, that, that leads to, you know, the sex scene in, in a romance novel. You know, I just was thinking about how in some ways it's like the softest version of the whole S and M like um, Mm -hmm. 50 shades of gray Thing right. Because it really was about this woman kind of doing her thing. And a lot of times she was a very powerful woman, you know, because in romance novels, you know, you really are just, she's a heroine, you know, and what's her relationship in sex life? Because their audience is women, right? And so then right. you have this man that kind of just swoops in and in some ways, like he's taking, taking over, taking her, right? Taking her right. away, like, there's just right. some level of, right, like, dominance, you know, in a way. Right. So that is, so there's a couple of circumstances. This is my understanding. You can you can modify this as, a, you know, as having read them. But sure. my understanding is, like, one thing is, it's, a, it's way more comfortable for a woman, at least, you know, back, that, back then or in certain parts. It's, it's easier for a woman, it was. This is changing. Like I want to acknowledge the whole Me Too is about the fact that this is changing. But Mm -hmm. that culture says it's 10 times easier for a woman to be a no and then have him come in and overwhelm her no so that she can have the experience that she actually wants to have without having to be the one who initiates it and says, I want you. I want this. 
it's easier for her to sit in her her no and be overwhelmed be like he comes in and overpowers that no than it is for her to see ooh i i uh, that that dude is hot i want to tap that shit you know mm-hmm. and so there's that and then also like what are the conditions what are the like the side conditions the secondary conditions he's wealthy powerful right. charming uh, you know athletic right all these qualities that make him that make him suitable possibly suitable as a as a as a long-term mate now there's nothing wrong with that but i'm saying men don't have a gateway the men don't have that gateway between them and their connection with their own sexual desire women have that built into their into like conditioned into their psyche that that gateway exists between them and their own sexual desire Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there gets to be this concept of um you know there's there's i heard this phrase and i love this phrase like the the barbed wire around the garden oh yeah okay and so and so you know what what makes violation skillful like what is it like if if it isn't done skillfully then it's simply violation in the conventional sense like he actually violated her so there gets to be this question of um, skillful violation and what what the hell is that? How what does that mean and how is it done? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So, I'll t- shall I say a word about that? Actually, before, do you have some thoughts about it? Yeah, yeah. Before we, because I think there is. Because I, I looked up the word violate before we got on today because you know there's something about that word that is very abrasive you know that like you said is inherently in that term it's it's controversial right like the word violate but then when Mm -hmm. I was looking at some of the definitions the first one was to break or fail to comply with a rule or an agreement right and so even in that I was thinking oh you know there is a way that even if this rule is kind of a societal rule we're like saying you know fuck this like this is the way things are done and we're going to do it differently um right. whether that rule you know that rule could be there for everyone's kind of like li- literal health and well-being um awesome and then it could just be a bullshit rule that was put into place right like it's old, yep. it's outdated, it's it's kind of, you know, doesn't really serve everyone involved and their needs and kind of putting them on the same ground. So, so even in that, I thought that was an interesting thing of, like, there is a way that we are having to kind of work through blocks and barriers and, you know, some of them do need to be ignored, you know, and... yes violated <laughs> yeah and and defied right, right. like just yeah. in being a just in being a sexually awake sexually self-assured woman who acknowledges that women like and want and desire and enjoy sex and pers- you know, under the right conditions pursue sex just as much as men if you start with that as a premise you are going your behavior and your and your way of thinking is going to be in defiance of the rules that society has for you. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so, you know, as an alternative, if we recognize that this concept of yes means yes, right? Yes means yes means I'm going to get overt your, like they say, enthusiastic, enthusiastic agreement, enthuse, not just permission, but your enthusiastic permission, you know, invitation right. for me to move forward at every step of the way. That's great for me as the one who has the voice to say we should have, we should have sex or we should move to the same place. It's great mm-hmm. for me to get permission from you every time, like the total CYA, like I'm never going to be accused of anything, but yeah. you're the burden on you to have to, to have to feel into and like, and like just um, like everything is based on, on like you're, you become the driver of the whole thing, but you've been trained not to be the driver. Right. Yes. This is a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if we're not in connection, if I can't feel you, if I have no fucking clue what you're actually feeling, unless I verbally ask you, and then look for all the clues where you might be actually not telling the truth, just saying, giving me a passive yes, or, you know, a fearful yes, right? Like, if I if I actually have, if we're in a state of disconnection, and I have to, re- I have to rely on that, then that's one way to do it. But the other is, you know, that, like, my goal is for men to have the level of empathy that has been denied them. Mm-hmm. For men to have the, the the to awaken their mirror neurons so that they actually feel the person that they're connecting with, the, yeah. the person that they're interacting with, and so you know that that you might be a no, and I can distinguish my desire from yours. Like I I'm not I'm not projecting my desire onto you. I can actually feel you enough to to do this risky thing of violating your no Mm -hmm. to get us into territory that I have this spidey sense that we both actually want. And so, you know, I was talking to a client about this, you know, he's, he's in it, he's in it, he's married. They've been married for a long time. Their sex life was in the shitter and there was a lot of work that had to happen on both sides in order for that to start to shift. But I started talking about this concept of skillful violation because it was time it had become time for them to play with this idea. And he wasn't getting it, wasn't getting it, wasn't getting it. Like he's been so thoroughly trained in the relationship to wait for permission, ask for permission. And so this was totally new territory for him, totally new territory for, for her. We talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. He wasn't getting it. And then he had this light bulb and he said, oh, it's like the time when I'm coming home from work and I'm going to pick up a burger and I call my, I text my wife and say, Hey, I'm picking up a burger. Do you want one? And she says, no, nah, no, thanks. And I know better. And I pick up a burger for her anyway. And I get home and she devours it. And she's like, thank you. Like, <laughs> you know, there are times, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and that was the seed that allowed him to understand that, if you're in connection and if you have intimacy and if you, you know, if you talk enough to actually have experienced connection, that someone might be a no and you might actually penetrate through that no to get into territory that she just isn't, 
equipped to say yes to or to pursue or to tell him she wants. Right, right. Well, God, and And I mean, I think this is the part where I really get the underscored word in this statement, which is the skillful, skillful part, because yeah, like you said, to have that kind of empathy and intuition and connection in order to kind of basically call bullshit in some ways on someone's statement. And, and that happens a lot in communication where we just say a knee jerk thing and we haven't actually sat down with our own selves to think about, wait, but what is my truth here? Like, how do I feel? And if I don't know, can I say, I don't know. And that that's another conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And so on the way towards a woman becoming uh, a sexually liberated, you know, where she, you know, where she, you know, she, she, her yes is a yes. Her no is a no. Absolutely. Right. That's true all along, but her yes, isn't her yes and her no isn't, she recognizes where her yes and her no is culturally deeply, 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 deeply culturally ingrained. Mm -hmm. And she's starting to, to free herself from those shackles to have the same kind of permission a man has to feel into her body and say, do I want to do what? Not, not, you know, do I want this guy, but what do I want with this guy? Maybe all I want is to kiss him and then that's it. But to have such potency and power in herself that she can communicate exactly that. You know what? Here's what I want. I want to, I want to go out to the movies with you. I want to have dinner and then I want to kiss for about five minutes and then I want to stop. That's, I know that's all I want. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there isn't a conflict uh, once there ceases to be an inner con an inner conflict there then there is less the case that there is a conflict in him like a cognitive dissonance within him so on a woman on her way to becoming that clear to the core of what she does and doesn't want where she says it and he doesn't even question like oh, I, I totally feel that right like that's uh, that five minutes of kissing sounds good to me too because she's that clear in herself on the way there there may be opportunities for a man to penetrate through her conditioning in a way that she can't she can't access it yet right because it's a blind spot in that right. way it's you yeah. don't even know it's a thing <laughs> until someone right. points it out to you like you said that kind of has a bigger scope and is able to just like, yeah, present something that you just have never even considered or seen right. before. Right. Yep. Wow. And I mean, in this way, then I get the connection part really, because for a man and a woman to be that connected, for there to be that much trust, right. To even mm-hmm. both ways to allow someone right. to violate a no that you don't, right. you may not know where it's coming from. And it's coming from a disempowered place. Um, and to be able to even kind of point that out or have, or even just have the trust to say it, right? To, to do right. it on, the, on right. the man's part in this sense. Yeah, and so to use an example of this couple that I was working with, it was amazing to watch because the first thing was just getting him 
to, to notice what he feels and what he suspects with her and not even act on it, but just to like take note of what he notices. It's like Captain's um, log. <laughs> and here Day five, and he she was very irritable. <laughs> right. And it turned out in a bunch of different ways, he was, he was super attuned to her. Right? Oh. <laughs> super attuned to her. And so... I had like they were they were a joy to work with because once, you know, like we had gotten to the place where he had demonstrated to her in these little ways to where now they were at this place where she could she could, you know, and when situations he was starting to take more initiative, like they spent, I'll tell you, like for this particular couple, they had spent a long time with her overtly in the lead and confronting everything that it means to be in the lead. Um, And all the feelings that came up, all the places where she felt wanting that she didn't act on, all the places where she was a no that she didn't speak up, all these different feelings. And so, you know, they had done a bunch of work leading up to this. So mind you, right, they'd done a bunch of work. But then they got to this place where he, he brought his desire tempered by his capacity to feel her like it became a part of him it became harder and harder for him to want something she didn't want yeah right right it just was it just became less and less of a thing where he would actually want something that she doesn't want so there would get to these places where Uh, he would propose something that she was a no to and she'd say I, my gut response is hell fucking no. And I've come to the place where I trust you enough to get into territory where I'm a hell no, simply because you have this spidey sense. You have a desire, but it's, it's, it's being informed by this spidey sense. And not that the, all of that went through her, like that's the long version. The short version is no. And I trust you. So we're going to go there. Oh, man. I mean, this this is such tricky territory. I get on both ends just because in that sense, I really hear in her place this no also that comes from trauma, whether it's kind right. of like direct trauma or societal trauma around sex or what yeah, it means yeah, to have yeah, desire, yeah. you know. Yep, absolutely. Um, and just all of those places where it's just like it's scary territory. It's almost like in some ways it does in those moments kind of feel like life or death. You know, like, fuck, if I yeah. open this door, I don't know where the fuck it's going to lead me. And I can't close the door once I've opened it. And that could really mean harm for me. Yeah. All of the above. Absolutely. All right. Like like what Me Too is bringing to to light is the degree to which you know, the majority of women, maybe we could say all women in our society have some form of trauma where they, they said yes, or they were for by, by whatever standard you want to say that they were forced in their, in the, in their world, they were, they had no choice but to say yes. Right. We can look at the circumstances and 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 retrain in some cases whether that actually is true or not. But in their in their conditioning, everything told them in this situation, my job, my my 
my role, my job is to say yes, even though I'm a, I'm, I don't, I don't want to. Right. And so every woman walks around with that trauma. And so especially with this couple, I keep, this is, I've, I've done this work a lot, but there's this one couple that I keep, that I am just keep referring to. She, she did have trauma. There was lots of places where she thought it was her duty. If she thought it was her duty to say yes to sex, so a lot of the retraining was around not only not only her capacity to say no and not only her capacity to only have sex she wants, but even the concept that sex could have her body feel so good that she wants it, right? Mm-hmm. I want sex because the sex we're having is so fucking gratifying to my body. I want it often. I want it a lot. And that was like, she was in a state of disbelief when we started that that was even possible. So, you know. Yeah, I can see that. Right. And I think that's what I felt this place of, wow, that's such a trauma response to be like, no, just no, just shutting it down on all levels, because there's no way that this right can end well, and not just well, but amazingly. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm super, super, super glad that I trusted your spidey sense, I trusted your intuition enough to listen to your voice instead of mine, because mine was a no. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So skillful violation. Is this starting to kind of make make more sense? Yeah, I do. I love I love the concept and yeah, again, especially with something like sex that is, I mean, this is why I, I both love it and I'm fascinated by it is because there are so many nuances in a lot of ways. Like there really isn't, sure, we have these kind of general ways to approach it, but things are so nuanced between the people actually having sex, you know, and like they're very intricate and complex kind of histories coming together around it and then like societal histories and then cultural histories and you know just to like be able to just bring it down to this these people however many they are and their connection and their ability to you know trust and be truthful yeah man we could we could spend three hours talking about the factors that go into this, like there's the there's the sexual service providing dynamic that 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 is at risk of of arising in any ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. There's there's all of her cultural conditioning. There's her experiences of sex, which may have not have been very good. There's there's his, you know, the conditioning he got to not listen to, to be to be all about production and not about connection, right? Like how foreign it is for a man to operate in a connection-based way in the world, and the 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 way in which men are starving, 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 starving for connection, and the only way they know how to get it is through sex, and the only way they can get to the sex is from a from a disconnected way. So it's like this pattern of it's not sad, it's not gratifying for him either, right? He's still hungry for. Oh the no, totally, yeah, and he'll never yeah. be satiated. I mean, I think that's the thing right. around that kind of it does become an addiction. I mean, I was talking to yeah. someone recently that I in, kind of interviewed for the podcast, and he was watching porn from six to sixteen. 
Yeah. I'm like, I think, and this yeah. is kind of common, you know, especially for men to just yeah. kind of have such a disassociated connection or, or perspective yeah. around sex. Yeah. And that plays into the whole, re- if you're in a, re- if you're in a romantic monogamous heterosexual relationship, then that plays in as well, because what men are trained to do is to get the nutrient of connection. Like she's in charge of he's, if, if he's in charge of production and protection and all that stuff, mm-hmm. she by definition is in charge of n- being nurturing and being loving and bringing the, the, the connection that he's starving for. Got it. And so when there gets to be time for her to want nurturing and to want connection, number one, it doesn't make sense to him because he's, he doesn't think himself and he doesn't think men, that's not, that's not their job and they don't, they're not trained to do it and they're not capable of it. Like, that's not something I provide you. Yeah. That's something you provide me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah, then, then it turns into, you know, both people, both people want, want connection. They both want, want nurturing and they both are responsible for, for being a source of that in their relationship. Right. So I have a question, Ken, do you, when you talk about skillful violation, cause the example, a lot of the, examples we were using was just where a man is skillfully violating a woman's no or just kind of her her perspective around sex is it does it go the other way have you had as much experience with like women doing that for men i guess hmm, well yeah (laughs) i'm not sure yeah yeah so culturally women are given more permission to, to, to be connected to the part of their brain that feels other human beings. Mm -hmm. So, uh, they're not given overt, um, permission to be someone who, who overpowers or dominates. That's not the, the cultural norm, but they certainly have bullshit detectors that, that, they right. <laughs> right. it's it's okay and it's known and it's understood that women have bullshit detectors and so but their their way of handling it the way they're they're trained and conditioned by society to handle that is is uh overt i mean covertly and like under the radar and like behind the scenes they'll 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 fucking handle his ass knowing Knowing his, like, recognizing his front, net recognizing his lie, recognizing that she probably can't, she's not allowed societally to directly defy his, his lie. So she actually has the skill to, to do an end run around his, his bullshit and, and handle it, right? That's the way that women are trained to do it. Uh, more and more, they're, they're being empowered to just simply look them in the face and say, you're full of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like jealousy. I'll give you an example. So jealousy. Men get jealous and they deny that they're jealous. And there's this weird thing that women don't understand, which is that Men often deny that they're jealous because they're not sufficiently connected to their emotions to recognize that they're they're jealous. Like Mm. he may have this belief about himself that he doesn't get jealous. And so he actually believes that he's not he I'm not jealous because I don't get jealous when all the very obvious to her signals are that he's are that he is jealous. (coughs) 
So she just presumes that he's lying. And she plays the kind of, you know, like rational logic game to playing along with it. She doesn't realize she's actually not connected enough to his emotions to to look her in the face and say, I am jealous. And to own that, to feel that feeling, to own that feeling and to play from there. So she has, she develops a bunch of skills to, 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 to handle that without directly confronting the lie of it. Rather than like having the skills to like it isn't it isn't the same kind of skillful violation where but she could right there's there's certainly the opportunity for her to skillfully violate his whatever his his no or his lot the thing he's like the inner conflict that has him saying something different than what's actually true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right when I say that, give me a reality check. Does that sound right? Like this is just me talking about what I think happens with women, but is this is this landing, or would you re- rephrase it, or like you tell me? I mean, I think there is. I, I kind of like the frame of the bullshit detector. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know that kind of that's what you're saying when you skillfully violate. It's like uh, I actually don't think that there that's truth here. Like what's actually right. at the core of this and what do you actually mean and what is your your actual kind of truth and decision from that truth? And I guess in some ways that's it's true that women both have that that spidey sense just because it's been cultivated in us. Like you said, we have more permission in that way. Men don't um, to be intuitive and feeling and empathetic to sense like that but you're right as far as like the vocalizing of it though that's another thing right like where men have been very conditioned to be very vocal and women have not and lack the spidey and lack the spidey spidey sense right so this is kind of like flip-flop thing of like yes women have been trained to have spidey senses not to be vocal men trained to be vocal and not have spidey senses and so i guess exactly yeah it shows up in different ways but i mean you're right i mean i think in that way women are much more covert about their their kind of um, power in, in right. that way. Right. And so where right now in, you know, in the media at large, there's this huge, 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 very valuable push for women to like to, to, to um, reconnect women with their power. Right. Yes. Like I am a powerful, confident woman who is, yes. My, my yes and my no is so powerful that it just doesn't get penetrated, right? I'm yeah. speaking as a, you know, for a woman, for a woman to be able to walk the world unfuckwithable yeah. in the way that men are unfuckwithable, mm-hmm. right? Just from their inner core being connected to their power. And while that's happening, I'm, I'm getting up on the rooftops and saying, you know, men, the sex that you get from from coercion is not good sex it's really mediocre crappy sex Mm -hmm. the sex that you could that you could be having requires you to wake up a part of your body that you've been told not to use and it has to do with connection and to to have them reconnect so that they can get nourished and get the thing that they actually are hungry for yeah wow definitely and so in that way it's cool to kind of notice or see this visual of in that way, it is women cultivating that vocal part that they haven't been conditioned to or given permission for, and men to train the that intuitive spidey sense side that yeah. they haven't been given permission for or cultivated. So we can kind of come into that balance again and have both of those sides 
like well-developed in each of us. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh my gosh. I think, like you said, we can go in a million directions, but I think this is a beautiful kind of punctuation for this, this topic. Um, Wow. Ken, thank you so much. It's given me a lot to think about too, just in the ways I guess that I have been doing this unintentionally or that I do want to be more skillful in it. Right. And kind of bring my voice and my power into relationships and, and even question my kind of yeses and nos. Um, right. And feel more empowered in them too. Yeah. There's one I want to back. So this is a great place to end. I want to backtrack a little bit and just touch on one thing you said that kind of stuck with me. What you said was, I'm afraid, and this is, this is, you're speaking for many women here. I'm afraid to open this door or allow something to start because I'm afraid that once it gets going, I won't be able to stop it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I even wish for you and want for you and want for women the ability to be able to go as far as they want. And the instant they are done, the instant they change their mind, you know, like his, his cock could be inside of you. You could have been fucking for, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes. He's about to climax and you suddenly are done. Like you're, you're a no to the experience that you get to say, I'm done. Let's stop right here. And that, that, like, there's no point at beyond which you don't have sort of sovereignty and your power. Right. That's my that's my hope and wish for for you and for all women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and even thank you for bringing that word because so much of what when you were talking, I was thinking about that is one of my favorite terms around this whole thing is sexual sovereignty for us to all feel like that kind of empowered and it's mine and I get to speak it and, you know, kind of create, create around it, create what I want to have happen and not have and have, have happen around it. So, um, yeah, thank you again, Ken. I know again, we're going to be, um, you're going to be back for some more conversations because I love this stuff. Um, and how can people find you? Obviously we'll have all of this in the show notes, but if they wanted to, get more of your yeah, yeah. wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I work with couples one-on-one. Um, I'm doing a, a workshop for couples, a, a three day workshop for couples in Costa Rica in May. It's going to be based on, it's going to be around sex, like sex school for couples. Um, I, um, I'm writing a book called Powerful Woman, Confident Man. I expect it to be done in the spring. I don't, I'm looking at publishers, but if you want to get in touch with me, just write me at Ken at KenBlackman.com. Ken at KenBlackman.com. I also have a website, KenBlackman.com that you can go to, Um, but just, just reach out, say hi, and we'll start a conversation and we'll go from there. Yes. Amazing. And again, I can vouch, uh, Ken definitely got myself and, um, Robert out of a couple of jams. So he's pretty much a wizard in this <laughs> department. So definitely take Thank him you so much it. for letting me know that, that that had an impact on you, by the way. Thank oh yeah. You. I thought I had 
had sent you some texts. I, I'm usually pretty good about giving feedback, but um, yeah, regardless, like, yeah. yes, that just, especially the part around, you know, it's more about the connection than the relationship. And if all you did was really just focus on the connection, making sure the connection is healthy, like you won't be as much attached to the form of the relationship. So the form might change, but it's always to serve the relation, the connection and not the other way around. Like that was just such, um, it just became kind of our guiding question, you know, is mm -hmm. the relationship honoring the connection? Is this form of the relationship honoring the connection? Got it. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Ken. And um, until next time. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Taboo and Turn On. I really appreciated Ken's perspective on a lot of this because I'll be honest, when I came into the conversation, I could feel that part of me that that part that feels for all of the women in the world that have been violated physically and and pushed past their boundaries in a way that didn't serve anybody. And so I definitely came in with my own conceptions and hesitancies around this conversation. And it was such a good exercise for me to also open my mind to something that on the surface seems like it doesn't serve, but at the heart of it, it does. Because what Ken is bringing to the table is that skillful violation is actually something that does connect us and does bypass traumas and pain and misunderstandings that can happen in sex. So I hope you were able to open your mind to it as well. Please reach out to Ken. He is a wizard, like I said, around relationship. Last but not least, if you are loving these conversations and or want to have juicy conversation with the people in your life, please do share the podcast with them. You can get all episodes at tabooandturnon.com. And we're also on iTunes at Stitcher if you search Taboo and Turn On. Love, love, love you all. And until the next episode.